Welcome to Catch the Fire London's podcast. We pray that you will be radically transformed as you listen to this message. Awesome. So today we're carrying on our series on the I Am Statements of God. And it's the I Am kind of topic today actually came from a conversation me and Chloe were having a couple of months ago. And um, it's one of those ones where I had to recap and try and remember the conversation desperately when I got the topics. I was like, oh my word, I need to remember it. But we just recognized something that when we've been going through this journey of the I am statements of God, I don't know about you guys, but we found a profound thing happening in the atmosphere that when we decree it through the preach and through the ministry, we will then see it established in the church community. Have you noticed that? And so it's almost been like we've been on this journey as as we look into who God is in a specific area, he then establishes himself in greater measure in that area. And I was just thinking as as we come to it, like we've so we we've gone through the great I am I am your father. I am Jesus, the anointed one, the door to the father. I am Holy Spirit, your advocate and stand beside. I am dunamis power, supremacy. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am the bread of life. I am the king of glory. I am the alpha and omega. I am freedom. I am the one who stops for the one. I am alive. I am the giver of dreams. And then today I am in you, therefore I speak through you and the power of the tongue. And it's just been amazing to see some of the incredible things that have happened. Like the I am your provider week. So many provision testimonies have come forth in our church community of people seeing breakthrough. To the point, in fact, one person in church has had a financial testimony every single week since. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that simply acknowledging who he is has created an atmosphere for him to be. I could just sit down now, really, couldn't I? Just think about that for a second. Us creating an atmosphere of who he is means that he gets to be. And I I know in my life, I want to journey and I want to be a person who simply lets God be himself in me and through me. As I was talking with God this week, and, and you know, I love, I just want to honor Daisy and Anna actually, because I love it when godly relationships are amazing. And we were having dinner with these guys, and half my preach kind of came to me during dinner actually. And, but we were just talking about Jesus, talking about what he does, just sharing revelation, breaking bread. And, and it just struck me as we were chatting. This statement came to me What does it mean to be a Christian? And simply this to know your father's voice and obey it. We all know his voice. And if you and in this church family, I mean, kids today and fire kids, they're learning how to hear the voice of God and prophesy. Isn't that amazing? Like they've literally, I've just been sat in there with Isla and Caleb and they started off with Alma's demonstrating to them how to prophesy. And now they're going to all do it to each other this morning. Isn't that awesome? We have a church community where we believe in hearing the voice of God. And honestly, I did Christianity without hearing the voice of God and I don't understand how I survived it. And there's a lot of people who do manage to survive it somehow. But when you hear his voice, he speaks truth. He speaks life. He speaks love. He speaks sustenance. He maintains you and sustains you. And it's so important when we hear his voice, but then we also obey it. Because I don't ever want to be a person when I hear the voice of God and then ignore it. You know, a name is to be spoken. And the names of God establish who he is in our lives. And so why has God got so many names? Because it's really important that we see every part of him in our life. 
And it's really important we get to know his names, we speak out his names, we speak of him. But also, have you noticed how God speaks his name a lot in the Bible? Because when God speaks, he speaks with creation. The world wasn't created through him crafting it by his hands, it was created through him speaking it out and it happened. So when God speaks his name, I am provider, it creates an atmosphere of provision. I am healer, it creates an atmosphere of healing. It's not that healing affirms his identity, but his identity creates the atmosphere for the healing. And so we need to recognize that God speaks. And then as we are made in his image, when we speak, we speak with authority. In Job it says this, decree a thing and see it established. Now it doesn't say decree a good thing and see it established. And what I want to get to this morning is I've, I've sat in a lot of power of the tongue talks in my life where it's talking about how negative we can be. And we're going to touch that a little bit, but actually I want to try and flip it on its head and talk about how amazingly positive and supernatural and powerful we can be. Because if you can decree a thing and see it established and you've said yes to Jesus being your Lord and Saviour and therefore the fullness of God is within you because it says it in the Bible. Therefore when you speak, you speak with the authority that he gave you because it says that all authority in heaven and earth I give to you. Freely receive, freely give. If you're talking with authority, God's not just turning it off and on when you make good choices. He's given you authority. And so are you using it sensibly? Because I can tell you something, I reckon nine times out of ten when something bad happens in your life, it's probably because you've decreed a thing and seen it established. Just in the wrong way. This always happens to me. And then it happens again, you're like, see? How about stop cursing your existence with the reality of expecting things to happen? I'm in lack. Well, have you blessed your finances or have you cursed them? That person's always so rude to me. I wonder why. Because you've just created an atmosphere over their life of rudeness towards specifically you. Don't do that. To create a thing and see it established isn't just a, a momentary weapon for us to use in prayer ministry, but it's actually a responsibility for us to pick up and take hold of and say, man, if I'm going to be speaking and decreeing, then I need to sort out what I'm decreeing. Because actions and words echo identity. And so is the echo of your life identity in Christ or is the echo in your life lacking an identity in Christ? I've been talking to a lot of people recently about echo chambers and how we're almost wired in the human mindset to create little spaces in our life of affirmation in a really ungodly way. Have you noticed how people tend to gather together in their disgust and frustration? It's why gossip happens. It's why bullying happens. It, you know, you watch, in fact, one of Isla and Caleb's favorite videos in the world at the moment, and unfortunately it's only three minutes long, which means it gets repeated a lot, is, uh, do you remember the Pixar video for the birds? One of their Pixar shorts. And you've got these little birds who are all on this telegraph line thing, and they're all like nipping at each other, biting at each other, and then they get unified over a single purpose, which is how weird the big noisy bird is at the end. And they all kind of get a bit funny with each other, and then the big bird, and it, look it up, it's on Disney Plus, it's great. But basically, this whole thing of actually, they've created an echo chamber of their togetherness in, in, against something else. And I want to encourage you if you are struggling in your life, don't go to people who are going to affirm you in your struggle. We can learn that from Job, hey? His friends do not help him. His friends affirm the struggle. 
And actually praise the Lord for Job because he somehow remains strong in the journey. But he could have easily decreed a thing and established a very different conclusion to that story. When you are around people, the measure of people who are going to be for you are the ones who lift you up out of the miry clay, not jump in to have a weird spa day with you in the clay. Don't just look for the echo chamber. Look for the voice of God. Find those who are going to be upright, strong, remind you. Sometimes it can be painful because you say something and you don't want to be pulled up on it because you know you did the wrong thing. You know you decreed the wrong thing. You know you're having your, what I like to call a moment. We love having a moment, don't we? Ashley calls it crapitude. Stop it. Stop having a moment where you sit there going, woe is me, what's happened? In all honesty, woe shouldn't be you because the King of kings and Lord of lords died for you, set you free, died on a cross for all eternity so that every single mistake, thing, difficulty, everything that happens in your life is already paid for, already covered. And so woe is me shouldn't even be in your dictionary anymore. It should be glorified is me, holy is me, worthy is me, not because I deserve it, because I've because he's done it we need to get rid of this weird entitlement thing we have that says i deserve his honor and glory but instead approach his throne with gratitude that says he's made me worthy of his honor and glory and so it starts to shift things it starts to change your mindset actions and words echo identity But also in the reverse of that, identity tells of the actions and the words that have gone on around it. You look at the creation story, how God spoke everything into life, and then immediately he handed authority to Adam and said, you do it too. And you watch as Adam, he names the animals and then their actions and their identity follow. And the spoken word is so important. There's a song, and I was talking to LaVita about it before, and I've forgotten who it's by, so I'm just going to look it up to make sure I tell you properly which, who to go and listen to. It was a different one to that. Charity Gale, she does a song, and it's called New Name Written Down in Glory, and there's a bridge in that which says, I know who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Did you follow that? I know who I am because the I am tells me who I am. The voice of God, it says in Psalms, it says that the... Um, that his voice towards you outnumbers the grains of sand. That's a lot. And if he's always edifying, uplifting and honouring, if his I am statements towards you tell you who you are, then what is the struggle, guys? There's a deluge of promise and hope all around you. we just got to listen to the right voices and then we've got to speak it out. So who are you? Do you ever speak it out? God speaks his identity all the time. Throughout the whole Bible, I am, I am, I am. We're created in his image, so we should do that too. So who are you? Do you do that? Do you ever speak out who you are over yourself? Do you take your prophetic words and speak them out over yourself? There's something we should start to do of speaking truth over ourselves. If I got us all to stand up right now and pass the mic around and say, who are you? I can imagine a lot of people would say what they do, not who they are. We need to know who we are. I wrote a list here. This universal for all of us. So you can say this after me. I am, a, I am blessed to be a blessing. I am the head and not the tail. I am healed. I am set free. I am delivered. I am saved. I am loved. 
I am chosen. I am a son or daughter. I am sent. I am established. I am favoured. And I am the living temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come on. Come on. That is who you are. If you are ever short of knowing who you are, then just even start there. I am the living temple of the Holy Spirit. He chooses to be within you. And, and even just the whole thing, I am sent and I am established. Do you feel established? Or do you feel like you're wobbling a little bit? Maybe start to say who you are. Because the enemy, he's not going to create lack of identity in you, but he's going to try and push you to believe it. He's going to try and push you to use your tongue in the wrong way. He's going to push you to decree a thing and sit established in the negative. But you know what? In John 14, 23, it says something along the lines of, because you have obeyed me and because you love me, we, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will come and make our home in you. Do you love him? How are you doing with the obey him bit? The more we listen to his voice and speak it out, the more we journey like him, then we obey him then we get to see him but he's going to come and live in you he lives in you and then it says in Matthew out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks and I think too many people like say things like well the heart's a flippant thing let me ask you a question why would you rent out any space in your heart to a lodger who's not welcome when the king of kings and lord of lords is residing there because that's what it's like for us to allow our mouth to speak ungodly. Then we've somehow allowed part of our heart to be not his house. To not have the great I am living within it. Because there's a part of it that's currently speaking out in an ungodly way. In a broken way. In a gossipy way. In a tearing down way. Then the Lord said to me, he said literally this. He said, why would you rent out your heart to lodgers who you don't want welcome in the first place? You've got to evict that stuff from your life. You've got to evict the rights and journeys that it has going on there. In James 3, 9 to 12, it says this, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. God, just think about that for a second. Who are we to judge anybody when we're all children of God? Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. We need to use our tongue as an opportunity to assess where we're at. And if we're finding it all too easy to enter into gossip, to enter into negativity, to enter into ungodliness, then we need to start thinking, okay, I need to dose myself a bit more on the godly. I need to dose myself a bit more on the reality. And I'm going to break off some of this stuff. I'm going to deal with my heart in these areas. I'm going to start to decree a thing and see it established. I'm going to say of the Lord and see him move in my life. Because if I start every day with saying, God, you are my healer, then I'm going to start to see him healing. If I say, God, you are my provider, then I'm going to start... You know, Bishop Joseph Garlington tells this story of how um, he had a friend at church who every Sunday he'd say, hey, like, let's call him Bill. Hey, Bill, how are you doing today? And Bill would respond every single time he saw him, I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. And he did it all the time. 
you know, he broke the Christian rule of just saying, I'm okay. <laughs> How often do you do that? And then sometimes you're honest and it freaks out everybody. Like, actually, I'm having a hard week. I was like, no, no, you're breaking the rule. No, so... <laughs> By the way, that's not a rule in this house, okay? You can be you, right? And you will always be loved and accepted for who you are in Christ Jesus. And so Bill comes in every single time Bishop Joseph sees him. I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favoured the Lord. And Bishop Joseph was sat there having lunch with his wife, Pastor Barbara. And he's like, Barbara... Bill's really getting to me because every time I see him, I ask him, how is he? And he says, I'm wonderfully well and blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. And it's just really annoying me because why is he not being honest? And then Pastor Barbara looks at him and says, well, honey, have a look at Bill's life. Bishop Joseph sits and thinks for a second and says, well, he is highly favoured and blessed and he is wonderfully well. He's not lying. It's true because he's decreeing a thing and seeing it established. We need to speak of the not yet like it's the now and look at the now like it just needs to get out of here and become the blessing of the Lord. When you're not seeing his blessing active in your life, don't just sit there with your arms crossed being like, well, God, why have you forsaken me? Do something about it. Call the not yet into the now so that the now starts to look like his kingdom in a greater measure. We need to not behave like the world can happen at us and we're going to just roll over on our backs and let it happen. We need to happen at the world. And to do that, we need to do it through him. Are you blessing the seed to grow in your life or you're cursing it with dissatisfaction? Just think about that for a second. Because there's plenty of seed being poured out in your life. There's plenty of seed being brought to you from the Father if you're not seeing a harvest of that seed, I'd like to suggest that's your responsibility to do something about it. I did a bit of research. There was an Indian university did a study, and it's an extract from their study. It said, by answering the question, do words affect plant growth? We carried out our study to test the hypothesis that positive and negative words and environment can affect plant growth and health. Two something in Latin plants were taken. The first plant was growing in a negative environment where it was cursed while growing. The second plant was growing in a positive environment and it was praised while it was growing. Several growth parameters were measured, including the germination rate, plant height and leaf size, in addition to the health status was measured by leaf colour, stem and roots. Plant growth was observed continuously for four weeks. The results showed that positivity in the environment and words had a significant positive effect on plant growth. Plant seeds under the influence of the positive words had a higher germination rate and these plants grew taller, larger and healthier than in a negative environment where they began to die. That's like all creation points to God, right? And we've got to think about something. If God is sowing seed into your life and you're allowing it to exist in an atmosphere of negativity and then you're sat there going, why is God not blessing me? Then something's going to go wrong in that atmosphere because you're not creating an atmosphere for growth. There's some, some friends of ours who felt like the Lord highlighted them a journey of how he wanted them to strategize selling their current property and moving into their next. And he told them a few things that were outrageous, requiring miracles, like you know the offer they put on the house was beyond their affordability by a margin. There was things that God led them on the journey of. 
And they were in an atmosphere where they would hear testimony after testimony of people being like, yeah, I got given a house. Yeah, this thing happened. Yeah, financial breakthrough happened. And, and it just wasn't, in their words, they said, it wasn't our reality to experience favour in that way. And I said to them, okay, so when, then what, what did you do when that happened? Because I've known a lot of people go, it's not fair. It's not fair that that person gets a check in the mail. You know, even early when I said the, the testimony of the fact that since we've done the week on I Am Your Provider, someone's had a weekly experience, a testimony of financial blessing in their life. I know that some people, either online or in this room, will have probably had a little thing in their heart that went, why not me? But the attitude of these people was not that. It was just to celebrate it. Be like, that's amazing. God's a provider. That's amazing. He's done that for that person. That's amazing. He's done that for them. And then very, very recently as it was coming to a crunch point with the purchasing of a property, they were in a situation where they didn't have the money that they knew they needed for it to happen, but they knew God had said it was going to happen. And so they were like, well, God, we trust you. We're going to live in an atmosphere of praise. We're going to count our blessings. We're going to believe what the Lord has said over us. We're going to trust you. We're going to speak out who we are. We're going to speak out who you are, and we're going to expect it to happen. And then literally hours before they had to sign contracts on the property, somebody phoned them up and said, how much do you need? And they said the amount, and they said, well, here you go. Isn't that amazing? That they could have, like, they could, that could have happened regardless, because God's good, but... The fact is they kept themselves in an atmosphere. They allowed the seed to germinate. Daniel Kalender said this, and I've said this so many times. You've probably heard me say this so many times, but he says this. If what you have in your hand does not meet your need, it can't be your harvest. It must be your seed. And if we know from this study, but also from God's word, that seed needs to grow and we have it in a positive atmosphere, then what you're doing with your tongue and decreeing a thing to see it established is the make or break between a seed becoming a harvest and a seed just going on the wayside. And so if you approach your life with the make or break mindset, when God puts seed in your hand, do you go, God, that's not enough? Or do you go, God, I'm going to sow this and I'm going to see a shift happen? And I'm going to decree a thing over this thing and see it established to a harvest in my life so that I can boast of you, God. Because when the Lord speaks, it will happen. We've just got to get out of the way. When Ashley was, did her first maternity leave for Isla, we had a number of prophetic voices saying to us, this is because we, for a long time she's been called into full-time ministry. And for a long time, we didn't feel like the release had come. And then the moment she went on maternity leave with Isla, um, we had a prophetic voice in our life say, this is the beginning of the change. We're like, come on, this is amazing. And so we started doing what we could to partner with that word. And then it got to the end of her maternity leave and the shift hadn't happened yet. And so we're like, okay, well, you know, God, we trust you. We believe you. It's time. And then she went on maternity leave again with Caleb. And again, another person, same prophetic word, this is the beginning of the shift happening. And as we're getting towards the end of Ashley's maternity leave and a number of things start happening supernaturally to make space for her to be able to step into full-time ministry. But then she's reaching the end of her maternity leave and her company she used to work for, if she doesn't return to work, expect her to pay back a lot of the money. Which was slightly problematic because we needed that money <laughs> and we didn't have it to give it back. And so we started strategizing and we started planning how God was going to do it for him. We're really good at that, aren't we? So let me help you, God. You know, I know you created the heavens and the earth, but 
I don't know if you've got it for this situation. So let me start to plan how you're going to bless me. And so we started planning it. And we we're like, well, she's got this much annual leave. And so maybe she could do a transitionary thing where she goes part-time with the organization and part-time with church. And it all seemed really good and sensible. And we started to say things like, well, you know, we're going to be good stewards for the church because we don't want them to have to start paying her straight away. And so let's just bless them by her being part-time. And, you know, you start to add layers <laughs> of justification and planning to it. And then... And so it was going to be like kind of six months of actually doing this bizarre thing of like using annual leave. And, and it was a bit clunky, it didn't really work, and nobody was really particularly happy with it. But we're like, it's okay. It's going to end up, the full stop of this sentence is going to be that Ashley's in full-time ministry, so we'll just we'll hold out. Well, the whole time, God's saying, you've waited, you've trusted, and I've said it's time. And there's these two tracks going on with God doing his thing and us trying to do our thing like this along the way. And then Ashley's on her return to work, meet, driving to her return to work meeting to meet her line manager. And so she used to work for Hauso Council and she's driving there. And I literally, I was sat at home and got this intersecting thought of the father saying, you've calculated it wrong. I was like, I have? Okay. So on the phone to Ashley trying to figure out what she's owed. And we thought she was owed like 30 days of annual leave, which seemed pretty reasonable. We calculated that she was owed just shy of 60 days. 60 days! That's mental. 60 days of annual leave that she was owed. And so she turns up to this meeting, sits down with her boss and says, hey, um, so can you confirm this is the amount of annual leave? And he goes, yes. And she's like, okay, well, so how long do I have to work for you before... I can then leave. And he's like, three months. And she's like, okay, how many days of my annual leave would it take? And he's like, oh, this money. And she ended up having more than she needed to not return to work, like comfortably. Like she, she literally took holiday from work from the moment she returned. So she picked up her laptop, went home on holiday, and then started working full-time for the church, returned three months later, handed back a laptop she'd not even turned on, and then had another two weeks of holiday with them after that. We, she got not just blessed, but God established her. He sent her and established her. Come on. He said, this is your time to step into full-time ministry. He didn't say, figure it out. He said, I'm going to send you and I'm going to establish you. We couldn't have planned that. We couldn't have in our wildest dreams figured out, not even just an idea where she was like, we were praying for things like, God, would you just let them release her? God didn't just release her. He gave her holiday so that she got established with three months of pay that she didn't work a single second for. Isn't that amazing? God speaks, we agree, God provided. If you read the story of Abraham, it's a journey, a journey of him starting to understand that when God speaks, he really means it. And I've got to tell you something, when you do a journey in life, don't just forget about yesterday, but learn the lessons of life along the way. We learned something in that journey. We're not going to try and figure out God's will. We're not going to try and plan him into blessing us. We're going to just say, okay, God, guide our steps. And so the next time we were in a situation where something like this happened was, and you've all heard this story about how we had the crazy situation of our car exploding, driving on the motorway, and angels saved us, and all that kind of stuff happened. It was amazing. And then we had four months of probably the worst car experiences of my life. Like, it was mad. Um, it's not hyper-spiritualizing to say the fact we were cursed. We've had a number of people prophetically confirm that there was a curse in action that we hadn't realized at the time. It was just thing after thing after thing. And then the Lord said to us, three things he said when we were starting to look for a new car he said keep it simple bless yourselves and what's the one third one um 
coming with the third one. There's something important in the moment. Um, maybe not for this moment. Um, and But anyway, we're there. And and so we start looking into it and doing it. And we're like, well, this is our budget. And immediately the Lord's like, uh-uh, remember what it was before. Okay, okay, God, how much do you want us to spend on this car? And so he tells us an amount. We're like, okay, cool, God. You're going to make it so. And then and then we're like, well, you know, we've always done older cars. And then I had a phone call with Rita where she really reminded me about the fact that God is blessing us to be a blessing. And so I was like, okay, yeah, cool. That's the voice of God in that. So we're going to follow that. And so a number of things happened that led to us being sat in a dealership looking knowing the car that we believed the Lord had showed to us was the one we we're going to get and sitting there with a dealer who was saying, you can't afford that car. And we're like, yeah, but that's the car that we're going to get. And he's like, well, how about this one? It's very similar to that car. But it was a massive compromise on that car because it was older, it was higher mileage, da 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 And then we'd had a message from someone saying, I feel like the Lord is saying that he wants me to help you get your car. And we were like, okay. And in our little faith, we are like, okay, maybe they're going to bless us with like 100 quid or something because, you know, when people bless, it's like, you know, it's hundreds, it's not thousands. Is it? and, da, da, da. and then, so then we're at the dealership and I phoned them up and I'm like, listen, I'm at the dealership. And... The Holy Spirit guided the conversation beautifully to stop either of us stepping into any sort of justification thing, both the person on the end of the phone and me. So he made it very clear in the conversation that it wasn't about what we thought we needed, it was about what he was decreeing was going to be needed. And so the person on the phone was like, well, Holy Spirit told me £3,000. Now, I am a very talkative person, both on the mic and off the mic. It is very unusual for me to have nothing to say. I had nothing to say. (laughs) And they're like, are you there? I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. No, the line didn't go dead. And I, I stepped back in front of the dealer and I was like, our, our deposits just changed a little bit. And they're, they're like, okay, so what, a couple hundred quid? I was like, how's 3,000 pounds sound? And they're like, oh, that changes everything. And, and literally, it was like, this is the car you can now get. And it was the very car God had highlighted to us on the website of that dealer. We... We had a choice. Are we going to listen to him and speak it out? Or are we going to listen to him and create a restriction process? Because honestly, I start to think, how many times in my life have I blocked a blessing or restricted a blessing or diverted a blessing because God has spoken and I've interpreted it? Because he's not speaking in French to me. He's speaking in the way I understand him. I just sometimes pretend that I don't. And I think sometimes you've got to remember, he speaks pretty plainly. I'm pretty straightforward. And so then we got to align our tongue with his tongue and stop getting our interpretation, our mindset, and our stuff in the way. Something that's spoken cannot be used for something else or be shifted or directed into something else and then expect a blessing in that area. There's recently, I've heard so many testimonies, and this is so cool, of people over the years who have felt led by the Lord to give in to the building fund we have as church. And like honestly, like loads, like people who've literally given their deposit that they had for their house into the building fund and then the Lord blessed them. People who've given um, amounts that they felt like the Lord say and then suddenly they've had promotions at work. Like this has all happened over the years. And I've been, all these people I've been talking to are like, so kind of what's happened with that now? Because we haven't really, because we haven't had a building to purchase. We haven't really talked about it. And, you know, we have a building fund that is entirely designated purely for those gifts. And it's been amazing to say to these people who have given over the years into the building fund to say, your gift has been protected. Because if we were, as a leadership, to ever touch that money for anything else, do you think the Lord would bless that? But he's decreed a thing to see it established. And when we receive a blessing under the word of this is going to be what that is for, we need to believe it and do it. 
I'll never forget Chloe. Um, it's about eight years ago now. Somebody, um, she was preaching about her how, and in the in the preach, I can't remember how this was relevant, but she said about how her favourite handbag had just fallen apart, and she was really sad about it. The next week, someone came up to her and gave her a thousand pounds to buy a new handbag. I don't know much about handbags, but I'm guessing by Levita's response, that's a pretty special handbag. And, and, and Chloe, bless her, she's there, and she's like, well, I could probably, you know, I could put a bit of this money to KCP, and I can probably put a bit of this money into somebody else, and maybe if I buy two handbags, I can bless someone with a handbag, or I can get a handbag that's not, like, I don't want to really spoil myself, and we've got, like, some bills coming up, so I'm going to use it for that. And God literally stops her. He's like, no. That money was given to you to spend on that. If you don't do that, I will not bless you in the way that I want to with this handbag. But also she was like, do you want to affect the blessing of the person who sowed a seed? Because there's the seeds that God gives us, there's the seeds that we sow, but then there's also the seeds we receive from others. And we need to be speaking life, believing truth, and shifting atmospheres with his tongue so that we can say, my heart is his home and no one else's. Because from my mouth, the overflow is only good and godly. And so Chloe got this outrageous handbag that I looked at and said, that is the same as other handbags. But apparently it's amazing. <laughs> apparently it's amazing. If you like handbags, you can ask Chloe about that. Matthew 18, 18 says this. Verily I say, this is a King James. I had to do the King James for this because it's great. Because I had verily in it. Don't appreciate that. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We've got responsibility and authority with this. God's hand is not swayed by himself, but it says here that if we bind something on earth, it gets bound in heaven. If we loose it on earth, it gets loose in heaven. I think sometimes we bound things we shouldn't have bound and we've loosed things we shouldn't have loosed and we need to reclaim the things we've lost over the years. Even just thinking about Chloe's testimony from the other week where she's filming an interview at TBN, talking with Dwayne about generational blessings and curses and says, I reclaim my generational right to support the royal family. And then 10 meters, meters, 10 minutes later is filming herself releasing the news of the queen passing and praying a blessing over the royal family for the whole of the TBN network globally. That was unbelievable timing. But when we decree a thing and then we see it established, when we reclaim the things that we've decreed wrongly, we can then reclaim them and see them established. And so I want you guys to be commissioned today to go on a hunt. Go on a hunt on the things on your life where you've robbed yourself, where you've denied yourself, where you've disclaimed yourself, where you've put yourself into lack of identity, where you've put yourself in lack because of your choices. And own it, but then say, because it's good, say, God, I now decree a shift over this thing. I decree a blessing over this thing. I decree a healing over this thing. God, as I present myself to you, would you let me shift this atmosphere so it can look like you, feel like you, taste like you in every single way. I'm done with the ungodly God. I want to see you in all of me right now in Jesus' name. I need to get dogged about it. Bind the stuff that needs to be bound and loose the stuff that needs to be loosed. And then count your blessings. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Name them one by one. There's three times a week 
that I have where we, I sit with different groups of people and we share testimony. And we just and we just talk about what has God done. As we do as a staff team every Monday. We used to do it for 20 minutes, then 30 minutes, now it's an hour. We have less staff and more testimonies, actually, over the years. And But the whole point is this. We celebrate what God has done. We decree, we count our blessings, because in the atmosphere of that, we'll never forget. We'll never forget what he's done for us. We'll never forget what he's done for Dwayne or Tanya. We'll never forget what he's done for our neighbour. We'll never forget what he's done for anyone else. And so when we're confronted with something that's trying to say, ha look at me, I'm really powerful and you can't beat me. We go, actually, no, I've heard of that being beaten. I've seen it for myself. You're going to bow the knee to Jesus right now. You know, we've had so many testimonies in staff team recently of people literally walking into places and demonic manifestations kicking off like crazy. And in a single word, is shifting, deliverance happening, and atmosphere is changing. It's happening so much. And so last Saturday morning, when me and Isla and Caleb were confronted with someone having a demonic outburst saying they were going to kill Isla, it was almost a natural response in that moment just to say, no, you won't, shut your mouth, sit down. And peace came. The atmosphere shifted. The demonic influence had no right there because there was nothing in me other than the kingdom of heaven saying, "Ah, no, shush yourself, little one, because you have no relevance to my big Jesus. So count your blessings. You know, the opposite to having crappitude is having an attitude of gratitude. Are you grateful? If... One of my favorite prayers to pray daily is, today is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And when I first started doing it, it was a discipline. Now I truly believe it. I will rejoice, no matter what, I will rejoice and be glad in in his goodness because I will see his goodness in the land of the living. Because I know it's there in the land of heaven, but I'm going to see it in the land of the living. And so I know we've stepped away from power of the tongue, but to more of a realm of grasping hold of the stuff that's within and speaking it out with truth. But that's part of what the power of the tongue is. You've got to understand you're empowered because you are heaven's headquarters. And if you shift your dynamic to look at things from heaven, then you start to see the power and authority of that having. And so you need to speak, pray and behave and praise like the not yet is in the now. And two last things to finish before we go into some ministry. There's a song on an album that I love um, called Bless Me. And the lines are this, Favour, favour, let it fall on me till I'm the conversation of all my enemies. Favour, favour, God, not just for me, but so everyone around me can have everything they need. Let all those folks that are with me have everything that they need. A while ago, the Lord said to me that a tree doesn't bear fruit for itself, but it bears fruit for all the birds, for the animals, for the soil that come in around it. If we truly decree things here established, if we truly grab hold of the I am within us and then walk in the revelation of that, then we'll be in an atmosphere where we're not trying to grapple for favour. We're not trying to grapple for the fruit that we see in our lives because we understand it's for everyone else anyway. And so then when we celebrate, we're so fueled by heaven, filled by heaven, covered by heaven, that we then get to celebrate when others get blessed by that as a result. And so part of this journey of the I am statements of God is for us to establish ourselves truly rooted in the I am so that his children can encounter him by finding us. 
I want to be famous to the kingdom of darkness, not because of being arrogant and brash, but because of the fact that I so walk with my father that it's not even a risk for me to be because I'm always with him. Psalm 23 says he prepares a feast table for you in the presence of your best friends. In the presence of the people you've chosen to be around. In the presence of the clique that you're currently in. No, it says in the presence of your enemies. But it doesn't say that's dangerous. It just says he wants to confound those who would try and come against you with the blessing that's upon your life. And then the other night, me and Ashley were driving home. And um, very randomly, she was in the back of the car. So I was pretending to be an Uber driver. It was great fun. She gave me five stars. Don't worry, it was great. Um, but it was very random. Um, but basically, we're driving along. And we're chatting about this stuff. We're chatting about what I'm going to be preaching on today. And we, we, we were chatting about the power of the tongue. and chatting about our birthright. Chatting about how we establish ourselves and how we speak of God's word. That we see it established in our lives. And what does that even look like? And then we're following a bus. And the Lord said to me, look at the bus's number plate. And it was LK9 and then some other letters. So I was like, Ashley, Ashley, what does Luke 9 say? She starts off. And it says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then, and then God said to me, look at the bus number. And it was you too. <laughs> and, and I feel like for all you guys today and for all of us and us as a church family is this. It's for us too. It's for us too that we get to decree a thing and see it established. It's for us too that we get to celebrate the glory in each other. It's for us too that we get to see breakthrough. But it's for us too that Jesus laid on his hands and said, you have power and authority, go drive out all demons and cure all diseases. And then proclaim the kingdom of God with your tongue and heal the sick. And so today it's a commissioning more than anything else. And then we're going to go and we're going to activate this by going into an amazing time of intercession in the other room where we're going to decree a whole lot of things and see them established. Because you need to know that when you speak, the world changes. It's how it changes that matters. And so commissioning number one, go hunting. Reclaim what was lost. Shift a thing or two. The next thing is if you feel like your voice has been robbed from you, and some people have, it's time to reclaim your voice. You may have all the confidence in the world that from the overflow of your mouth, your heart is speaking true and pure, but actually you've lost the confidence of your tongue because someone or something has come along and robbed it over the years. Well, it's time for that to be restored right now. In fact, as I was saying, I just saw that moment from The Lion King where Simba's got those hyenas coming at him and he does that little growl and it's like rawr, 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 rawr. and they laugh at him and then he does it again and it's like Mufasa's roar comes from behind him it doesn't matter how confident you feel if you're doing it through him he's very confident so why don't you stand why don't we do that I am list again why don't you say this after me I am blessed to be a blessing I am the head and not the tail. I am healed. I am set free. I am delivered. I am saved. I am loved. I am chosen. I am a son or daughter. I am sent. I am established. I am favored. I am the living temple of the Holy Spirit. And I know who I am. Because the I am tells me who I am and I listen to him.
come on, why don't you shout hallelujah or praise Jesus or something, come on. Father, I ask that you would release such an awareness of the power of your voice to every single heart in this room and online right now that we wouldn't be able to help but speak godly, act godly, be godly, God. That we would, as we decree of the I am of you, that you would take control of our tongues today. You'd help steer us into an understanding and a revelation of taking control of our tongue, God. That we wouldn't we wouldn't be loosing and binding and sowing seeds to the wrong, God. We wouldn't be living in negative negativity anymore father but we would have hearts that are pure and actions that align with that too god and so we just say right now would you return that's been lost father i ask you would bring dreams you would bring visions you bring intersections to every person in this service and online to recognize the areas in their life where they have used their tongue unwisely and they've suffered as a result because they've reaped a harvest they should never have had and father we just ask you to bring that and then in that moment give them the words to say but Father, we just say in advance of that, that we reclaim that what was lost. We reclaim that what was stolen. And Father, we just decree and see established right now that our tongues will speak of you, God. That we would boldly proclaim your word, but also, God, we'd speak of who you are and who we are as a result. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, I think these guys are going to do some worshipy things. Um, but if you are one of the people you feel like you've lost your tongue or your voice, then I want you just to come and stand at the front. We've got ministry team. And if you don't know if you are a ministry team or not, then if you are an Ignite group leader um, or you're one of the staff team um, or you're someone who I've told before, pray for someone, then you are the ministry team. And so if that's you, if you feel like actually part of the next step for you is to experience the restoration of your confidence in your voice, then I want you just to come and be at the front, make business with the Lord. Um, people will come and lay hands on you, but it's not actually about somebody else being confident for you in this moment. It's about you letting God restore your confidence.